Hey guys, and welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. Today we are joined by Sean Buckley. Sean has just started his own football academy, helping kids take their football games to the next level. So we're going to find out a bit more. Sean, how are you getting on? Finn, how are you doing? Good to Good. see you. Do you want to tell us about the, this academy and why you decided to um, start it? Yeah, well, I suppose it probably goes back to COVID time. Well, a bit about me, maybe I um, played for Joey's um, growing up, had a good upbringing there. Been a bit with cool actually to start off, um, a bit of Gaelic to start off, but then got a good kind of football education in Joey's and then went on to UCD, played some League of Ireland stuff there. So um, had a good kind of uh, foundation football myself and it was um, was kind of always a preset for that. So during COVID, I was helping out with the family business and it was obviously a stressful stressful time, kind of uh, we work in the butchers, so it was kind of getting meat delivered out to everyone. And just on the side, I just started to do some one-to-one sessions for my neighbours and uh, they were like, well, this is brilliant. Can you do it three times a week? And I was like, absolutely, but would you mind paying for that? And they were like, yeah, 100%. So then it kind of just like, it came from this, from a one-to-one background basically, um, and I was probably good at connecting with the players and I was good at kind of um, probably like dividing the game up into different elements depending on what they needed to. And I realized to myself like, geez, I could be actually good at this. This could be a business. And then um, a few weeks later, I think I had like 27 one-to-ones during the week. So, yeah, so it got, it got a lot. And I eventually said to my parents, I was like, I don't know if I can help with the family business. Um, this could be something. I don't know if it's just going to last during covid but I've got to jump. This is my passion and I've got to jump on this and, and give it a full throttle. So, um, so yeah, fast forward to today, it's, it's good to see it being a success. Um, it's changed a little bit as it, how it kind of, it's formed, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely gone well, you know. Was possibly going down the management route ever an option or when you started doing this straight away, did you think this is what I like doing, helping young kids develop and hope, hopefully bringing them onto the next level? Yeah. Managing, meaning like managing a team kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. Like, obviously, I think deep down, I think that's everyone's dream. <laughs> like, you, you grow up um, looking at all these professionals for United, and you're like, I'm either going to be playing there or managing there someday. Yeah, or, so or I think playing football deep, manager in your in your yeah, own time. exactly, exactly. Like deep, deep, deep down, there, I'm sure that's my dream is to manage United. But I actually, funny you say that, I started to do all these like kind of call it like private lessons that aren't to do with uh, managing a team. But then a team based in Dublin came to me and said, Hey, could you actually manage this team? Um, and um. And obviously they paid me well. It was great. And I was like, this is cool. It kind of adds on top of my kind of, I could do my one-to-one sessions, say from four to six. And then from half seven on floodlit pitches, I do that uh, training. So like it was with Beachwood, it went pretty well. I, I noticed there is a difference though, because once you're managing a team, you're there's parents involved. There's kind of, there's other stakeholders that even tell you how to coach. You know what I mean? So I, I realized my freedom in terms of how I wanted to coach the players diminished a little bit. And also it just became a little bit political. Like, Oh, this this player's uh, had this many minutes. What about this many minutes? So I realized that um it's actually a lot better if I just create kind of this kind of one-to-one, this kind of academy. And it's like a pressureless environment. You know what I mean? So when the players come in, they've got all these kind of they've bag they've their own baggage from the clubs they're playing with. But I basically say you're in this session now, you may as well get to know these players as well that they're beside you because there's no fear here. There's no um you just I just want you to play, you know what I mean? So it's it, the academy is actually quite different to that kind of pressurized environment of teams. If that makes sense, I know you're just saying, well, it's only schoolboy team, but you'd be surprised. There's a fair bit of pressure when it comes into like parents and kids and stuff, you know. And what is it so, that you enjoyed about kind of working with kids and helping them develop? Like, what what was the, the appeal that you obviously you started during COVID, you did it a bit, yeah. and you obviously you you got not only did you realize you were good at it, but you obviously really as you enjoy it. What, what's rewarding about it? Yeah, I guess like well, first of all, it's massively rewarding 
teaching the game itself, like the beautiful game. I've literally, it's kind of an extension of myself. You know what I mean? So um, I was nearly, I was doing it for free happily. But then I guess the results that these players were getting out of my coaching was, was something that really was just like, oh my God, this is, this could be special. You know, whether that be like, the kids had what the parents called a spillover effect in school or in other sports, their confidence was going up. Um, you know what I mean? It wasn't actually just about the skills. It was like their whole kind of, like I pushed them hard in the sessions and I get them to know that, hold on, I just pushed you really hard there and you did really well in that session. So it's like, it's building their confidence up as well, you know? And then for example, one player I had, he was actually my first client, started with me playing CDM and played for Dalk United. CDM wasn't really a goal scorer and we worked on a lot of different ways because obviously he wanted to be a goal scorer and I worked on different um, kind of scenarios of shooting and training and stuff. And now fast forward, like he scored 24 goals this season and he's like the top goal scorer and like he's on all the penalties which he was like afraid of taking beforehand. So I asked him like, what, how did that happen? Like, hey, that's brilliant. And he's like, I don't know, it's just the sessions we got. I've just, I've turned into more of a robot when it comes to like I'm in front of goal. I don't even think it's just, it's done. And I'm like, that's great. And uh, so hearing feedback like that, I'd say is what kind of um, um, summed it up for me, you know. And what age are the kids that you're working with? So the youngest is four and uh, or five now, and the eldest is seventeen. He's seventeen. So, and I presume if there's a parent bringing a, a six-year-old kid to you, like they're, yeah. I, 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 I look. I don't want to jump the gun here, but I, I would think it's a pretty. <laughs> I'll ambitious go jump the gun. Go on. Jump, okay. Jump the okay. Gun. <laughs> I'm not going to go full Tiger Woods dad on it, but like I would think it's a pretty <laughs> ambitious parents who has yeah. desire for his kid potentially to make it as a professional. Am I in right thinking that? No, it's a mix. Like, um, it's a mix because sometimes, to be honest with you, why I have I've re- why I have a um a business here, and this is part of the reason why I came on the podcast because it was actually kind of I, I see the picture a bit clearer now. Is listen, the volunteer work that uh, coaches around the country do, it's amazing. You know what I mean? But the whole thing, it's volunteer based. You know, it's like yeah. parents coaching. So if you look at the quality, now I'm not talking about the Joeys. Like, there's some clubs that are really just dedicated to the craft of football you know what I mean but let's say the community clubs are still doing a great job I'm not taking away at all the level of quality of coaching sometimes the parents say isn't up to standard you know so a parent brings their six-year-old Johnny and isn't really like the training is just kind of the, what they say is it's not really training you know and they're like well I want him to get ahead and he loves the game he's really passionate about the game and you just have uh, you can just provide this opportunity for him to really hone in on his skills. So, to be honest, some of the parents are really chilled out. It's more to do with, and to be honest, it's also what I've I've changed from a one to one model. So when I had like thirty one to ones um, a week, it was obviously became a little much. But I realized I could actually group one to one, group a couple of one to ones together, depending on if they were same age, similar kind of personalities. You know what I mean? And that way, obviously, it turns into more of a business as well. So fast forward now, I've got one hundred and five clients that are spread out over 11 sessions. So it's actually group sessions. You know what I mean? So it's not like they're coming over and they're having one-to-one sessions, Tiger Woods style. It's like, no, it's like another team environment that he's a part of. And um, he goes for one hour a week kind of thing. And it's like a paid subscription, but you know, the quality of coaching is going to be very high, you know? Do you think you will get any of your kids to get to a professional club? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I was only at my 10 year reunion there. Well, 12 because of code. And that's what they were asking me as well. Like, what's the goal here? Is this like, is this to create professional players? Part of me, obviously I see one or two players that are going that way and uh, they're only really young. I wouldn't even say that to them because you, you don't want to build them up or create any pressure. Yeah. Part of me would like to see the two of them maybe be like, listen, give it a good go. And the main thing about them is keeping them focused and probably happy during their teen years. Because obviously 
it's all about dedication really when it comes to being pro but really like i think the the bigger the bigger goal here is to create like strong characters and um and ultimately probably like entrepreneurs if you get me you know what i mean um because because I realized the value actually what parents were coming back, they'd come for this to learn the skills of football. But the reason why they subscribed to me for a year is because, well, hold on, my son or daughter, like their, their confidence, their energy is different. They're more expressive. They, you know what I mean? They're just confident themselves. So there's probably something more to this than just a football academy. It's like a little bit of a confidence academy. Um, and yeah. obviously I don't want to say that, but that's what it is, bit, you know? So the real goal for 98%, 99% is just, um, create happy strong kids ready for the next uh ready for the future to be honest i know it sounds corny but it's that's what it is you know you obviously played to a, a decent level playing uh, at ucd yeah. you were a, a pretty good footballer yourself i, I do remember um you've because oh, we play, yeah we we played I, I, it right yeah. played a bit in clangos yeah but uh <laughs> you'd i presume you've got a pretty good insight and in just into just how difficult it is to make as a footballer like i always say if you want to be uh, if you want to be a professional rugby player, you go to Michaels and you become the best player in Michaels and you get a contract for Leinster, which is yeah. difficult, but it's not impossible. If you want to be a right, professional the, footballer... The journey is there. You can see the journey with the rugby. Exactly. Yeah. If yeah, you want to be a professional footballer, you go to home farm, you're competing in a club with hundreds of the best players from that community. If you become yeah. the best player in home farm, you might get an academy contract over, I don't know, Brighton for a few years as a 16-year-old, then you get dropped by them, then you go back to home yeah. farm, you might get picked up by a League One club on a one-year contract. And this is right. a kid who, like, is the absolute top of their game. That kid right. in rugby, there's a direct path yeah. there for him to go Leinster and then possibly go international. Whereas yeah. with football, it is so incredibly competitive. And especially right. now with how global it's getting, it's not about yeah. being the best 16-year-old in Liverpool or Manchester to make it into the Liberal Academy. It's about being the best 16-year-old in the world. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. truly is a global game. So and do you then... Right. And with them- not within all that, they're, they're missing their leaving cert or something like that. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, exactly. I know how hard it is. And that's why it's not like I'm trying to create for professional players. Because I'm not trying to set up a few people to go over there. Like when I was in Joey's, I think three lads went over. But best players in, like we won the All-Ireland. Like under 13, yeah, yeah. we won the All-Ireland with Joey. So we were the best team in Ireland under 13. Three lads, I think two went across. One went to Blackburn, Motherwell. And then one went to scholarships in America. But like none of them made it. They came back now. God knows where they were. Hopefully doing well. I, don't, I haven't spoken to them in a while. But I've seen that path. And they were literally the best, some of the best players in Ireland. And it's just like, it's, it's you're right. It's not just about being the best. It's also how you've got to have the right people around you. You've got to have the right leadership, you know, that kind of way. So, um, so yeah, it's a tough journey. And you're so right to say it. In the rugby, it's kind of so much more streamlined, let's say. Um, whether football, tougher. And that's why I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the ultimate goal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of like famous players that really struggle to make their breakthrough, like you look at Andy Robertson got released by Celtic as a 15-year-old. He's now probably yeah. the best left back in world football. I don't think Van Dyke signed his first professional contract until he was 19, which is incredibly late. Jamie Vardy mm. didn't play in the Premier League until he was 27, 28. Like these are three genuinely world-class players. who. I didn't passed. even know that. I didn't even know that, to be honest yeah. with you, yeah. They, they all managed to fall through the cracks at some point. Do you see any immediate flaws in football recruitments that you think you could do better? Yeah, a, a great question again. I haven't gone that far down the rabbit hole yet. You know, that kind of way, like yeah. when my players, when those two players, if one of them does well and gets scouted then, and then I, I guarantee the parents, because the parents trust me so much, they might be like, can you be the agent or something? Maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, then I'll be like, right, let me look into that. But right now it's not the goal. You know what I mean? It's not the goal. Yeah. Um, 
But I, if you looked at each of those, Vardy, Robertson, Van Dijk, I guarantee you, I know it fell through the cracks. It'd be interesting looking at each of those stories and understanding who were the key. They, there was probably someone that got it, got them a trial. You know, there's something that kind of happened. There's a, they've had the right people around them. That's what I'm saying. That got that done for them in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it might be sometimes a little bit who you know, rather than how good you are. Maybe I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're I'm just guessing as well. You know. In terms of your own background, uh, when you were playing at UCD, was was there ever a chance of you getting a, a chance to go over to England? Yeah, like I definitely had trials more in the Joey's times of like um, the, the best players in Dublin coming together. You made the trials. My problem with, and I was, hopefully you agree, I was a good technical player. I was good at kind of um, ball control, this kind of thing. A lot like the likes of yourself who knew me in Kong would be like, ah, oh, book oh, like yeah you should have gone here, you should have gone there. You know, kind of people would be quick to see me based on skill, but I don't think I had the dedication, you know, first of all. Um, I was out in Wes, this kind of thing. Um, and also when it, when it came to the big matches, I didn't succeed as I would have hoped, you know what I mean? So that's why when I started to be, become a coach during COVID, I realized, hold on, maybe this whole time I was actually destined to be a coach and not a player, you know what I mean? Because uh, I can put all to that, I can put all that skill that I learned, I put literally... 10,000 hours into learning how to play it well. Now I can teach it really well and then kind of motivate well. So um, it's all making sense for me now. I'm like, do you know what? I wasn't a player. I wasn't good enough, really good enough. You got to be, it's got to be your, it's got to, you got to live, live and breathe it. You know what I mean? So I didn't have that. Um, I had it in the sense of like learning it as a craft, but not in the sense of like, I need to make money from this. Because the other thing about it, like if you look at the players coming from South America and stuff like that, they have a lot of motivation. Like it's they're coming and they've it's their one hope kind of thing, and their whole life goes into it. They sacrifice absolutely everything. They, they don't have a law degree to fall back on. Right. I don't want to say. You know what I mean? I'm doing. Yeah, but it's a bit yeah. of that. You know, and yeah. You're up against people that like that, and they've you've got to want it uh, the same, if not more than them. You know what I mean? And I I didn't want this. I didn't want to be a player enough. But now that I see as a, myself as a coach, I'm like I'm looking at the best coaches out there, like private coaches, and I'm like don't want to be cocky, but I'm looking at myself. I'm like I can. I'm, I could be better than them, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. now it's about not holding, no, not holding back and just being like, right, let's go get it, you know? On that, um, that part of mentality, like, is that something you think you can implement in kids and, and teach in kids? Like, uh, as you said, you, you think in hindsight, looking back, you were very good technically, but possibly didn't have the commitment. And, the, and that commitment isn't like when you played, you were 100% committed, you were barking out orders, you... you you yeah. exert yourself fully, but it's it's the entire the twenty four hour twenty four seven lifestyle yeah. that goes with trying to become a footballer, and some kids have to have it. And you look at someone like you talk about these guys from South South America who have to throw everything at it because their families' livelihoods are depend on it. Then you look at someone like Frank Lampard who came from an upper middle class background, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason just had a different mentality to everyone around him. He outworked right. everyone from everything you hear. So you could right. still have a kid from possibly an upper middle class background in, in Dublin who you could create into that kind of mentality monster as, as, as Klopp refers to them as. Do you mm. think you can instill that in kids or do you think they either have it or they don't? Good question. Yeah, I, I'm i obviously trying to. like I'm trying to create mentality monsters. Uh, the only way I can really answer that is to see in a few years what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, think, I do think it's possible. Like right now I'm looking at it and... I do realize how many distractions there will be. Like, they, you know, there's good schools and stuff like that. There's different sports. There's a lot of things going on, you know. Um, and it's about, I realize now it's less about honing in on their skills, some of these best players, and actually more about 
keeping them focused and also just keeping them balanced in a way. You know what I mean? Like keeping them, because some of them are amazing footballers and probably put too much pressure on themselves. You know what I mean? The way I might've done. So I'm like, dude, like I, I, I try and maybe chill out a few people as well, you know, depending on what they need. But yeah, I, I honestly think like a lot of my sessions, it's not just about learning the skill. It's about, it's a lot of it's about creative problem solving, for example. So when you think about how to beat a player or if you think about how to your team have to beat this team, it's about understanding, right, guys, you're going to have loads of challenges, but how, how can you be creative in how you solve for them? You know what I mean? And, and I'm not going to tell you this is how to do it because who am I to know? Like it's football changes. It's like life. You can't, I don't like when someone tries to bottle it because who are you to bottle it? You know what I mean? So I try and explain to them like, listen, and it's kind of like life. Sometimes life isn't easy. And so you just got to get in and figure out ways to, to, um, to succeed, you know what I mean? That when it go, that's when it goes into kind of the life um, confidence side of things. But on the football side of it, I just create, I try to just create these really determined footballers who, um, who are who are ready for any challenges. And then when we go into the skill, and I teach them all the different skills. It's great to see them suddenly running past three or four players on there on the weekend with my skills that I taught them. And the parents are just like, "This is brilliant." So a lot of it is pointing towards like, I think we could have a few Frank Lamparts, to be honest with you, but. Um, maybe not as high as him, but you know, people who are stretching on to make it. But I don't want to over over talk. So, over do, you, do you give your clients homework to do outside of their their coaching hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 are, and, and are you trying to push them? Be like, right, you need to do kind of six hours a day. You need to do ten hours a day. This needs to become your life. Or do you like yeah. put the implants on them to try and take it up themselves? Yeah, but I I don't try and push it too much. Um, I try and some of them are like some of them are highly dedicated and one guy's only started with me two years ago well most of them have i'm sorry started playing two years ago and he's probably the guy that could could go the furthest look there's a good example so he's only started playing football really two years ago but he's the most dedicated person i've ever seen he's only like 11 but he acts like he's 22 you know what i mean okay. and i've got him in touch with a good club and I, like a, a local and i go you need to get this guy on because he's only started but he's going to be your under 14s premier captain meaning the best yeah. team under, you know what i mean so it's not really about skill it's about um um, about the dedication so the likes of him I'll be like dude yeah you need to practice uh, can you get four hours in a day or three hours in a day because yeah. he's that into it some of them are kind of like geez you're really good like would you think about practicing maybe an hour a week because some of them yeah. are like I take on uh, beginners too you know what I mean yeah so yeah. um so it depends. I completely go off what they need and what they want because at the end of the day it's about enjoyment and if we start if I start going too far into stressing them out a little bit I think that will eventually have a negative uh, runoff effect you know so are there any um, footballers you look up to that you just think have had this incredible mentality that they managed to get every ounce of their their talents? I, Jordan Henderson for me is one of those comes to mind. Like when he yeah. broke through at Liverpool, I always thought this guy will not be a Liverpool footballer. There's no way. And yeah. I just saw him grow <laughs> over the years. And he just, yeah, fair, I, I do think he's underrated as a footballer. Like his, his technical ability is, is, has become very good. He's a very good passer, but his was clear mentality. Like I've seen way yeah. more talented midfielders at, at Liverpool, but he just outworked and outlasted everyone. Is there anyone else yeah. like that that you look to the top level that you think that's what I'd love one of my clients to be like? Yeah, I think you probably nailed it with Hendo because I agree with you. I support Liverpool too and it wasn't 
wasn't too many years ago I was saying this guy needs to get off the pitch but yeah. then suddenly maybe he's gone a bit past now but there's a few years there I'm like he's our key player like he's a rest midfielder yeah I know when, yeah, yeah. when we had like Fabinho yeah. Keita like 50 million yeah. midfielders he was our best player yeah you're right and when you look at his background he's just looked like a pretty normal guy and just like fair play to him having the, the yeah. sheer nutter determination do you know it's probably a boring answer but like Roy Keane like it's yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, when I think of professional players I could probably talk to you for 10 hours about technique and who I looked up to like Zidane yeah. I used to literally study Zidane like for hours like it was weird you know where I'd just be watching his technique and just be fascinated like literally watch the same video three or four times just picking up new things but uh, I'd say Roy Keane like you gotta admire just the sheer another determination like he's a mr get job get the job done guy if there ever was one you know yeah who who are you we are top three putting on the spot here but your top three favorite players to watch um okay well Zidane has got to be number one yeah. just probably because even though I'd say Messi Messi number two because Messi yeah. under Pep Guardiola a few years ago like I remember watching him I was in the pub with my dad and this is back in the day when I was playing I was drinking <laughs> but uh <laughs> wasn't focused and uh, and I remember just watching it and being like who like that's that's never been done before like that they did a certain dribble I think he ran past three or four people I'm like that's yeah. not so when someone goes who's the best I'm like it's messy you can't even go in like Messi's I know it's it's, right. it's it's not a debate it's not a debate at all yeah 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 um, but I, there is sometimes that's a big thing I'm asked like Ronaldo or Messi uh, but the real players be like hold on it's not really a debate I understand stats wise and who would I want in the 95th minute in a Champions League final from a freak like I want Ronaldo on that you know what I mean but yeah, yeah. Um, Pure footballing wise, uh, Messi. So Zidane, because I grew up loving the sport through him and, and watched him. And also, he's another mentality monster as well. Yeah, yeah. Showing how he can do it on the coaching side as well, taking on all those egos. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, he's something, he's someone I want to meet the most, actually, out of anyone okay. I have to meet. Is Zidane. So Zidane, Messi, um, I suppose we go more, more into Liverpool, like low, uh, recent. Um, the ideas there who's I think I would go Coutinho as a as a player technically yeah. that, that I was just in of I, I think yeah. it's a ridiculous comparison but I actually think he was like Messi without the pace in his prime like he yeah. had that unbelievable acceleration over five yards that ability to beat two or three players yeah, at the time yeah. his movement was just shifting. incredible he's shifting that he'd shifting always do that side to side, yeah, yeah fake one way go the yeah. other he's just an expert so that's that. something I'm trying to teach the players like it is quite hard not hard but you've got to really simplify it. when you're trying to teach a seven-year-old how to dribble like Messi you've got to simplify it down to like the binary ones yeah. and zeros. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually sometimes very interesting coaching that age because you have to simplify everything down and you learn a lot about the craft of the sport. Um, so yeah, uh, Coutinho is a great call. Um, the, 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 this comes to the question then, how much can you teach and how much is innate talent? Um, I'd say it's how much can you teach and how much is innate uh, mindset. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, if that makes sense, it made sense for me as I was thinking about yeah. it. But it's like I feel like once the mindset is there, I can teach unlimited. You know what I mean? Like okay. the the best example is that kid. He's just started two years ago, and already I'm like he could be one of my best players. You know, yeah, because yeah. of his mindset. So I think you can teach a huge amount. Okay. Um, I can. E I'm even starting to teach because this is actually I think you'll like this. Sometimes I was I was actually called uh, the magician back in Joey's days because I was good player and I was doing my job on center mid or on the wing. But sometimes I'd have these moments of whoa what was that yeah, kind yeah. Of way. and they called me for the they called me the magician for that reason and um and some obviously growing up people would be like traditionally you can't teach that kind of that's the je ne sais quoi of football you know but mm. actually i think you can teach that it's like it's actually just creative problem solving it's like doing what they're not expecting you to do and once you can go right down to that moment of messy when he's running you might think he just did one shift but he actually did like 
a three or four fake shifts before that one shift, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, and once yeah. you can see it at that detail, you can start basically doing whatever they're not expecting you to do. And once you can kind of understand that, it's all about deception. Everything's about deception. It's like, well, hold on. That is the je ne sais quoi. It's like doing what you know no one is expecting you to do in that moment, you know? So I think you can teach a huge, huge amount. Um, on that, I want to read a quote to you that you said on LinkedIn about uh, football academies. You said, we need to create adaptive players and not functional players. A lot of what we work on at your academy is about creative problem solving. There are sometimes 10 ways to solve a problem. Who are we as a coach to say this is the only correct way? Do you want to explain that one to us? Yeah, I think I went into a bit there, but um, what we tend to sometimes do in um, these grassroots teams is try to win. They're only 10 years old and we try yeah. to get them it's all about winning. And what, ha- what that ends up having to do is you're like, hey, pass the ball. You often, you probably heard that a lot growing up. Pass it, move it, move the ball, move the ball. Yeah. And what that ends up doing is just creating these kind of functional players in the sense. Now you need functional players. Like think of yeah. a Rodrigo, for example. A Re- like Man City needs that functional player yeah, yeah. at the back. He's doing those simple 90 degree passes and stuff. Um, but going forward, the FAI and even um, I was looking at some things in Munich. I was over in Munich with Academy there looking at what they do and they're trying to create more of these late say Leroy Sanes, these kind of players on yeah, the yeah. wing that have that creativity. So uh, right across the board, um, football associations are like, we have to try and get away from this like winning mentality at, at a, they're only 10 years old and let them just be creative, be free kind of thing as they play, let them make mistakes. You know what I mean? So if the fear of failure is ingrained too early, you create these kind of uh, Hendo's, sorry, Hendo. Yeah, <laughs> create the yeah. Jordan Henderson's. And, um, and of course, while we need a few of them, there's way too many of them. And it's about, okay. And he said it there really well, actually, in that quote that I read, he said, um, and I was like, I agree with him there, you know. I, I think um, a great current example of this is Jack Grealish at Man City. What do you make yeah. of him and, and the transition he's gone from being this sort of maverick player at Aston Villa, where he was the main man and it was a case of like, give the ball to Jack and see what he can do. To now becoming yeah. a 100 million pound footballer, but just becoming a he really is just a clog in the machine now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're so right. I like I actually was look, looking at his videos only yesterday, the day before. He was like, he played center mid roughly for us. Yeah, so yeah, he was kind of yeah, like, give did. the ball to him and see what he can do. Now he's up on that kind of like winger role, and he is a cog in the wheel. But Pep has probably told him within your cog, within that wheel, within that winger mode you are allowed to be completely creative. You can lose the ball, just be creative. You know what I mean? So I think it's the way Man City are playing. It's quite functional. It's quite functional. And then we get, they get into these kind of um, incisive zones where you've got the Phil Foden's and the Jack Grealish's up in those type of winger mode, I call them with my players. And that's where you can be really creative. And that's where you need someone with the je ne sais quoi. You know what I mean? So basically we're trying, football associations are trying to, how can we create more Grealish's, more Foden's, um, if that makes sense. Uh, Again, uh, on that, Phil Foden, when he came through, he was seen as the first sort of purely academy-based footballer. So when you had a kid like Wayne Rooney breaking through, he was brought up in the streets, whereas Phil Foden was brought up in an academy. Yet Phil Foden plays with a flair and a freedom of a street footballer. Can you explain that? To be honest with you, I didn't know that he he was the first one came to academy. And yeah, he yeah, was, he he he, 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 he as the first modern day one that would have he would have been in academy from the age of five onwards. Whereas like yeah. you, you look at like a Louis Suarez, that guy's clearly a street footballer. You know what I mean? Right. But Foden right, right, right. Foden is an academy player, but he has aspects right. of a street footballer. Street football. Yeah, it's so true. Like I, I, that's so true. Like I hope my players that come to my academy have all street come look like street footballers because that's yeah. what football needs. Yeah, I mean? yeah. So, I'm really, they're really creative and stuff. So 
Yeah, Phil Foden, I'm, do you know what I'd say? Because you've seen him play, there's videos of him when he's like 9 or 10, 11 playing in the academy. I'd say they saw him as a bit of a prodigy and were kind of like, listen, Phil, you are savage. Go out okay. and do what you do best. And I bet you they gave him like a street football role <laughs> in okay. the team where they weren't like, you have to get the ball, you have to pass this way. They were probably just like, you're savage and you should just play the way you're, kind of like an English Messi. They were probably just like, um, let him let him do what he's his best and let him play, you know? If if you had a player that went on to say a Chelsea or a Man City Academy and you could gradually see that flair getting uh, coached out of them, if they were just being taught how to pass in certain times and how to play within a system, how would you try and help that player maintain that level of creativity while not jeopardizing their place within that academy? Yeah, I suppose we're looking forward there, but uh, I'm imagining one player who was particularly a lot of flair, for example, and say he got put into if he was a poor academy and he wasn't really picked for his flair i'd be questioning his parents I'm like is he in the right place okay if he went to man city and he was like in that grealish role and they would put to i'd be like i'd explain the game to him like hold on it is it is functional but you gotta understand you're a flair player and yeah. they want you in that flair moment there so once he understands the bigger picture um kind of educate if i can educate in that regard you know what i mean then he might be like right i get it now this is the time to be flair this is the time not to be flair but if it's if it's just generally being coached out of him i'd be like there's no future here to be honest parents like he is a flair player and they're coaching out of him like you need to we need to make a decision <laughs> yeah yeah um i remember when i first started watching football fullbacks i mean cargo of empty said no one wants to grow up to be a, a guy neville fullbacks were these kind of not particularly athletic, um, failed centre-backs, essentially is what they were. Um, they were good defenders, but they weren't like the best athletes on the pitch. Now full-backs are the best athletes on the pitch. They are so yeah. quick and so strong. And you have these like really talented flary wingers, but they don't... It's so hard for a flair player now to stand out because of the level of, of, of athleticism in the modern-day mm. game. How can you try and kind of encourage a winger? Like, I, I think if we saw... Raheem Sterling sort of 15 years ago he just would have ripped shit up but because of yeah. the modern day game because he's up he'll, he'll be up against like a, a Kyle Walker type fullback it's impossible to mm-hmm. get a to get a headway in that but if you think about a Raheem Sterling going up against a Gary Neville that's a totally different proposition that's where you think oh he yeah. might have an edge in this guy so how can True. you how can you enable those type of winners to still beat players when they're up against these incredible athletes yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I'd say um, you know what I mean. It, it's all about adapting. Like, is it? It's okay. adapting to the moment. So if I can create these adaptive players that not only just using their speed or their skill, but also using their intelligence. Like, yeah. if you're up against a a walker, maybe don't take him on. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. bring him in. You'll get a one two around him. He's not as smart as you. He's faster than you. He's fa- stronger than you. But he's not that smart he's getting you know he's, he, i'm not saying he's not you know what i mean like he's in there yeah, probably yeah. other ways around walker that aren't beating him so um that sort of creativity in the moment it was is hard to coach but i feel like if i can create players like that they'll be a step ahead because they're literally adapting in every moment and they're reading every moment for what it is not on a rote off kind of thing they've learned you know what i mean yeah yeah um but it's funny you're saying that like a lot of players young players like oh don't put me right back don't put me left back and I'm like, hold on, what? Why does everyone not like the right back? Look at the modern right and left back. Yeah, yeah. It's the best player. It's the best position. It's probably because when you get into winger mode, right? Say Grealish or Foden. What that? What's that really? What? Why that's really good for Man City? Is it sucks in all the the players into that area, the winger yeah. mode? So when you lay it back then to that right back, they're suddenly in that David Beckham position now. You know what I mean? So it's like it's the one part of the 
the play where it's like laid back and they've got the space. They're like the extra man on the wing sometimes. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a very creative role. So it's, it's yeah, I agree. It seems like one of the best positions now, modern day football. And um, Liverpool as well just goes to show. Like the most assists, isn't it? Trent. Yeah, Ireland, it's crazy. yeah, they are. Year. That's where all the creativity comes from. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to wrap it up now. Last question. Yeah. Where ultimately would you like your academy to be in kind of five years' time? Um, I would like to be it to be a global thing where it's not just about uh, some local players here. It's I turn it into kind of an online, um, whether that be looking at um, confidence and stuff, whether I start a podcast and interview actual pros and try and understand what's it take yeah. to be pro kind of thing, go down that route. Um, I hope it's at the moment, there's like a hundred and, 105 there, but also plus 120 in total clients. I hope that to be maybe a thousand, 2000, and then just see where it goes. Eventually start doing one-to-one sessions with likes of Harry Kane, like the future Harry Kane's. I'd love to, I do think I'd be good enough to do that kind of one-to-one with players like that. So why not have, have my own academy as a business, but then go over to the likes of these um, clubs and like train with the Harry or, you know, a Deli Ali back in the day um, for two days or so working on specific things. So that's kind of the goal for now. We'll see, we'll see what happens, you know. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing how it evolves. Sean, great having you on. Yeah, appreciate it. And thanks, thanks so much. Cheers.